0: Hey guys, before we get started today, I wanted to tell you about another ESPN podcast. You know about this one. It's the Dominique Foxworth Show. It comes out every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, Dominique, friend of the show, genius, brilliant insights on football, the personalities around football, and a whole lot of other things. So check out the Dominique Foxworth Show wherever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome back to the Minicamp Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks four verts is anytime he jumps. Because he's jumping on four legs? No? Eh, that was brutal. Charles, I, your, your Twitter handle is four verts. That's why I was, I was trying to...
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, I think you could have made like a four inch vertical joke because co- joke, I think that's probably how high Lenny jumps, right?
0: Wow. I don't know if you Ooh. saw the picture of Lenny on the dining room table, but um,
1: he's got hops. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so.
0: Brazen, too. Brazen that he does that. (laughs) Um, Welcome back. Speaking of Brazen, you guys know Charles McDonald uh, from his appearances on the show. He is a football writer at Yahoo. He is the host of the Exempt List pod. And he is here to preview the championship games. Um, Charles, feels like we got the correct championships.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I personally was kind of hoping for... uh, Eagles-Cowboys just so we can get like world star videos of <laughs> Eagles and Cowboys fans <laughs> fighting before the game starts but I think from a football perspective we probably do have like the four best teams uh, left in the sport and that's always good. I I, I went down to uh, Philadelphia this weekend actually to cover that Eagles-Giants game and Beyond you know, Philly fans having the time of their lives uh, before the game, yeah. which was fu- which was fun to see. Uh, we also got to see like one of the pro- probably you know or- or we got to see like a clear line of demarcation between what a championship contender looks like and what a team that still has some work to do looks like. So mm. uh, I- I'm I'm really pleased with the final four that we got, and I think we're in for some really good football this weekend.
0: Yeah, they also like match up really well, especially the Eagles and the Niners. I think. That, that would, not to say the Bengals and Chiefs don't match up well, and there's a lot to talk about that game. And obviously, there's the ho- whole Lou Ruo versus Patrick Mahomes thing, Joe Burrow uh, playing the way he is. But with Eagles Niners, it's just like true trench warfare, which is a cliche, but like it, it really is the calling card for that game. And I feel like if you like football, just football, forget the teams, that is such a fun game to look forward to.
1: Yeah, Eagles offense versus Forty Nine ers defense. Is, that that's what I've been excited for since you know we got the final scores this weekend. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's is just on a heater right now. Uh, to yeah. to I, obviously having great players helps, and you know I've watched that Fred Warner play like a million times this week because uh, that's legitimately one of the most spectacular defensive plays that I've seen from a linebacker. But mm-hmm. uh, when you when you when you kind of look at what D'Amico was able to do and shut down. Uh, dak prescott and shut down you know for the most part pretty good passing game from the seahawks in the in the wild card round I mean to get him going against an offense that's just loaded with talent and also just kind of different from the other offenses you see uh i'm I'm really excited to see how how they try to attack this uh I think the personnel matchup is really fun too like especially if you're a fan of of trench play, just looking at the Eagles' offensive line versus that 49ers' defensive line, yeah. you're getting stars against stars, like Ooh. all across the board. With Nick Bosa versus uh, their tackle duo, Ark Armstead versus uh, versus Jason Kelsey. I mean, that's just going to be an absolute bloodbath. So this, this this is this is like the kind of game that I I, I like from a lot of different perspectives, Only, like from a nerd perspective and as someone who used to play football. Like I I think this these games kind of have everything that you you're looking for here.
0: You know, I would be more excited, again, from just purely we're going to see amazing football perspective if Patrick Mahomes was fully healthy. And so let's start with Bengals Chiefs. Um, There was a video of, I'm I'm sure you've seen this circulating, Patrick Mahomes today, our Michelle Steele at ESPN posted it of him uh, on the podium, not wearing a boot, walking, seemingly normally, but he was also walking in a way where it's like how... I would imagine myself walking if I was trying to not look hurt. Like, you know, (laughs) it's really hard to tell. I'm Um,
1: fine.
0: Yeah. So, but I I guess that I feel like that's obviously where we got to start with this one, right? Because um, the injury to the ankle is the single biggest variable in this game. Nobody actually knows what he's going to look like. We did see him, we've seen him on a hurt ankle before, although that one was significantly worse I believe in 2019 um and of course we saw him when he actually came back out in the game against Jacksonville and was clearly not moving but again he had just gotten the injury he had probably just gotten shot up with whatever so who knows but I feel like that's a good place to start which is how much do you think this changes what the Chiefs are capable of on offense against this Bengals defense? That of course has given Patrick Mahomes a lot of trouble.
1: Uh, I, I I think it, it definitely changes a lot if if he's going to be if he's going to be closer to the version that we saw in the second half against Jacksonville. Um, I, I think it, it probably does change a lot because I, I I think this is this is how I feel about the Kansas City offense this year. Uh, like when Mahomes is is fully healthy. Yeah, like there's still that Death Star unit that can kind of crush anything that's in his path. But uh, I think when he was hampered, that's kind of where you start to see uh, they kind of could use another real big play threat, like a, I don't know, like a Tyree kill, like out there. Mm. Like if, just, just someone to kind of help take the load off of Mahomes in a situation like that. And I know that they have Travis Kelsey and uh, Andy Reid coordinating the offense, and that helps a lot. But uh, I think they just kind of need a little bit more juice to kind of get over – you know, the top of, of what's what's a pretty good Bengals defense at this point. Yeah. Uh, Lou Anarumo, or Lou amaretto Sour, as I like to call him, because I can't remember how to pronounce his last name ever. Uh, he's done a terrific job coordinating the Bengals defense, and I think it's kind of funny because he was like their third or fourth choice for the job after they mm. couldn't get anyone to take it uh, back when Zach Taylor got the job. So, you know, they, they've come a long way on defense, and now we're getting to the point where is it – like. Do they re- have they really like figured out this Chiefs offense, or have they figured out just enough on on how to slow down Patrick Mahomes? But I think this is a tough challenge for him, healthy. So if, yeah. if he's going to be hobbled, then I I would imagine this is going to be a pretty tough game for the Chiefs to come out and win.
0: It's funny you say the thing about the figuring out because um, you know I, I, yesterday I watched the Week thirteen game when they played. And, you know, we are all like, Lou Anarumo's got Patrick Mahomes' number, but the Chiefs offense actually moved the
1: ball. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah they did, yeah. they did.
0: <laughs> I think that was the thing that shocked me about rewatching watching it. Um, my primary conclusions from that game are, oh my God, someone on the Chiefs make a goddamn tackle is number yeah. one. And we'll talk about that side of the ball in a second. Um, they also picked on Joshua Williams a lot, who's no longer going to be starting for the Chiefs, which i McDuffie back in the lineup. Chiefs defense had a lot of penalties, yada, yada. Um, but defensively um you know the four-man rush does I think a pretty good job of playing the Chiefs always because Trey Hendrickson Sam Hubbard they're very disciplined in their rush they don't overshoot they don't give him lanes to escape so they kind of compress the pocket um I thought they also did a really good job in coverage on Travis Kelsey which was kind of a team effort but uh, you know it you know, they still move the ball pretty well. And the I, I tweeted one of the examples of them doing drop eight. Charles, I guess let's start there. I kind of expect them to have a pretty similar approach. Um, you know, we're coming off a game in which Lou really scrambled Josh Allen by blitzing him and sending pressure and different kinds of pressures and sim pressures and whatever. I truly don't think with Mahomes' mobility issues, you want to send extra rushers. I think you want to play... You know, that more bodies and coverage keep things in front of you um, and uh, sort of just wait for him and, and count on your pass rush, I suppose, to get home uh, it, knowing that he can't escape.
1: Yeah. I, as I was saying, like the figured out Mahomes thing, I felt kind of dumb because I literally looked this up like earlier today. I uh, if like if, if, Even including that, that one bad half in the AFC Championship game, Mahomes' numbers against the Bengals, like, they're still Mahomes for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so I think when we talk about figuring him out, it's basically like, can you recreate the second half of the AFC Championship game last year? Because uh, remember that that first half, it, it, I've never seen a quarterback play as good as he did in the first half. And then as poorly as he did in the second half, like within the, the stream stretch of game, because yeah. uh, he, he looked like he was about to score 50. And then in the second half, he became, uh, you know, Blaine Gabbert reincarnated. So, you know, I, I think when you look at, at, <laughs> yeah, just drop that one real quick. Mic drop. Uh,
0: it was uh, real, it's really bad. I mean, it's just, he, he himself has said it. he's like, yeah, I melted down. Yeah.
1: yeah, he melted down in the second, half. and it happens. Even Pete was good. Yeah. As Patrick Mahomes, you know, you have a bad day he, at the he, office every. I guess so.
0: he didn't melt down in the last game. Like there a bunch of weird stuff happened. There was the Kelsey turnover. We'll talk about the defense again, but like Mahomes was fine. That's that's yeah. what, all I wanted yeah. to
1: say. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it could because when you talk about Mahomes, you're thinking about such a, a curve on. Like such a bastardized curve on what we have come to uh, expect from him uh and you know i, I I'll, I'll say this if he's like 90% healthy 85% healthy yeah you know, I, I i i'm not really sure that there is a way to actually slow him down here mm-hmm. um but honestly i kind of think if he's hobbled that might make me a little bit more inclined uh to blitz him just because You would. Ooh. I yeah, I think I think I would because because I, I'm not if he if he's hurt and he's running outside the pocket, I might trust some of my guys in coverage against their non-Travis Kelsey options. Like obviously they can mm. they they can, you know, guts you a million different ways with, with Mahomes and Kelsey. At this point, those guys can do it with their eyes closed out on the field. But uh, you know, I, I, I just don't really think there's too much to be afraid of from like a wide receiver versus cornerback. Situation, And if he's hobbled in maybe a tick slower or a tick less accurate, maybe you can force him to some bad throws that get your offense back on the field, which, you know, the Bengals' offense, they really haven't had any scoring, uh, any trouble scoring against yeah. uh, the Chiefs' defense in those matchups recently.
0: I guess what concerns me about that is the Chiefs have fewer big play threats, but that they have a lot of guys who can get yards after the catch now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they finish the season – third in yards after catch per reception and we take out travis kelsey they're fourth so um you know it's not like a, a group of world beaters outside of him but they are pretty they're, they're tougher than they and that was something by the way that occurred to me watching mahomes injured and also chad Henney. and i'd like to get your thoughts on this i actually think this chief's offense is better suited for patrick mahomes being hurt um They run the football really well. And the single, I almost said the single, variable. I already said it was the angle, so I can't see another big variable. The question is always, will Andy Reid commit to it? I think, you know, maybe the injury makes that more likely, but the run blocking is sensational. They can run in a bunch of different kinds of ways. Um, And then they, I think Pacheco is like a really good fit for their run game in particular. And then, but beyond that, you know, like they have a lot of like kind of guys who can just catch the ball underneath and get yards after the catch to my point. Um, And it's, they're less dependent on the deep threat or the explosive play. They are better suited to methodically work their way up and down a field. I mean, Patrick Mahomes in the pocket this year, first in QBR, first in EPA per dropback. Now, Patrick Mahomes throwing 2.5 seconds or less first in EPA per drop pack, fifth in QBR. So it's really like, you know, obviously Pat- Patrick's ability to extend with his legs is what makes him so deadly, but it's not like he has to.
1: Yeah, I, it's funny because so my my very good friend, Richard Johnson, who works for Sports Illustrated, uh, is a big jacks fan. He went down to the game this weekend. He mm. keeps spamming us with... I can't believe they let Chad Henney go 98 yards for a touchdown, <laughs> which is a fair thought on this premise, and definitely a fair thought when you have traveled to go see your beloved Jacksonville Jaguars lose in freezing cold weather. Uh, but reality is, they didn't really need Chad Henny to do a whole lot on that drive that that we you, we keep coming back to. The, the Chiefs have—I'll give this like as far as they've lost like some big play threats, you know, losing Tyreek Hill to Miami. They've kind of become one of these teams that can grind it out when they need to, and obviously when Mahomes is healthy, it, it's it's impossible because you have a quarterback that good and also an offense that can kind of do the the old school football things and really put the ball on the ground and, and grind it out and get some tough yards. Uh, getting Pacheco, it's it's one of the to me it's a really cool fit and a, and obviously a great draft pick for for where this team is. But he's not the only guy. You know, Jared McKinnon has come out and and he's been a, he he has his moments where. He can be a quality addition and make some things happen in the open field so you know it 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 kind of reminds me of you know not not totally like what the browns have been but what the browns like tried to be to a degree where they uh they have this team that can thrive without a quarterback if Mm. they need it to be uh and if mahomes is really that hobbled then yeah you have to lean on your ground game you have to get behind that offensive line that you've paid a whole lot of money in draft picks for uh and luckily, they are performing up to the standard that, uh, that that's been expected of them so far. But you, you're going to have to kind of need to rely on those guys. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a strategy that can work for them because they're good football players, too. It's just kind of like an interesting trade off that they've made in terms of their roster building where you can say, OK, well, we still have a home. So we to a degree, we can kind of have anyone out here as long as we have our one big target in, in Travis Kelsey. But the rest of it, you know, if they want to be a ground and pound offense, they can do that as well.
0: So the the last time these teams played, the Bengals did a really good job against Travis Kelsey. I kind of alluded to this. I think he had, he like, one half, he didn't have like like one catch or something, but I think he finished the game. Hold on, I wrote this down somewhere. It's not, it's it's not great. Um, uh, Four catches or something for 60 yards or something like that. Anyways, it, it was, you know, amongst his season lows. What do you think about, it is about this Bengals defense that makes them suited to play Kelsey?
1: Um, I'm I'm I've I've been trying to figure that out myself because, I, uh, when you look at the Bengals when you look at the Bengals, uh, the, like just the personnel, you wouldn't think like any of these guys are really going to be able to strap up, Travis Kelsey one on one. But I think what has made this unit and what has made Lou Emeretto Sour such a uh, uh, you know a, a potential hot, uh, head coaching candidate is. They're just—I I think they're coordinated on the back end, and more importantly, I think like their linebackers and safeties are are are—they they, they kind of work in tandem. Uh, yeah. And and you know, it's it, it's kind of one of those things that when we were talking about when Sean McDermott was getting started in Buffalo and kind of watching how their safeties move on a string and how coordinated everything is, you know, I I, I find kind of the same joy watching like Mike Hilton and their linebackers work together to kind of shut down some of these slot options. So, hmm. um. It's it, it's I don't I don't think that there's any one player on the Bengals defense that can can hold up with Travis Kelsey, but that's not really a crime, you know, to say that maybe the best receiving tight end of all time can have your number in one on one coverage. Uh, but I do think you know in some of their zone looks they do a pretty good job of bracketing guys off and making the windows a little bit tighter for uh, even someone like Patrick Mahomes to throw them into. So. It, it it's tough because obviously when you have a quarterback as good as that, they're still going to find ways to score. But if you can just keep slowing down Travis Kelsey and he's hobbled, like you, you have a shot at least. Uh, yeah. Which which feels crazy to say about a team that's beat this team three I times know. in a row. But it, it it's still Mahomes, you know, and and you could you could beat you could beat him on 99 times well, in a row I'm still going to guess Mahomes in the 100th time.
0: It, it really like <laughs> really it was the offense in the last game which again we'll yeah, talk about in one yeah. second like more than the defense um you know cuz like Kelsey had that fumble and mm-hmm. um but yeah to your point like the Bengals don't really can you like visualize the Bengals coverage bust? You know what I mean? Like they they really don't make glaring mistakes the likes of which teams like the Chiefs do on defense at times. Um and it's a team effort to stop Kelsey. Something that Dominique and I talked a little bit about earlier in the week is um, against Jacksonville. Obviously, Kelsey just you know took over, which everyone and their mother knew was going to happen. But on plays where the Chiefs are in 13 personnel, which they use a lot and they're very, very good at, when Travis Kelsey is like the underneath option and Mahomes is able to go somewhere else, that's when you really get into trouble because, you know, they're going to go into this game. The first and foremost, it's how do you take Travis Kelsey out of the game? And if it, I really think for the Chiefs, you're going to need either those tight ends like Noah Gray or Juju Smith-Schuster, who has been pretty quiet lately, have to be bigger, have to have bigger performances in this game, I think. Um, just because, as we discussed, like the Bengals do a good job with Kelsey and that's job number one for every defense. Um, I do think they'll be able to run the ball. You know, the Bengals defense is like, okay, against the run. They're like pretty average. Um, one thing I grabbed from PFF is they're pretty bad against inside zone in particular. And I don't know if you remember, but the big Pacheco run was inside zone where he bounced it, um, bounced outside. And I, I do, I wouldn't be surprised. And the Chiefs lean pretty heavily on the zone run game. And the and Chiefs can run the ball like a zillion different ways, right? Um, but I do think they'll be, if they stick to it, <laughs> they'll be able to run the ball. With success. Um, but it really was, to me, like the Bengals offense that got the better of the Chiefs defense the last time for all the reasons we discussed, the broken tackles, Josh Williams, uh, Samadji P. Ryan went crazy in this last game. Uh, and it, it, it just, from top to bottom, it felt like the Bengals were just kind of more physical than them on offense. So mm. I guess my question is, do you see that continuing this time?
1: Um it's possible. I I, the, I think one of the things that's been most impressive to me about this Bengals run and where they are is that the offensive line has been healthy, but they're still performing fairly well. Uh, I, I, at least I think it looks a lot better than it did last year when yeah. you know Joe Burrow got sacked nine times against the Titans and was running for his life uh, in the Super Bowl too. So that that gives me a little bit more confidence in in terms of like what's possible for um, this Bengals run game. I I still. You know, I, I still kind of look at this and think, man, who who on this offensive line is gonna be able to check Chris Jones? Like I, <laughs> you know, that th- that that can be the game record to me. But at the same time, like they've been kind of overperforming their expectations throughout this this postseason run. Uh, and I, I thought, you know, it, the Buffalo game was a little bit weird because uh there were snow conditions. But yeah. man, like if you're if you're gonna be able to just kind of put your put your chin down and be able to run the ball like that. And you can still figure out how to generate some explosive plays uh, uh, behind that in the passing game. It it, it it just it doesn't seem like as clean a matchup as you know m- uh, maybe Chiefs offense against Bengals defense because I I really just don't trust the Chiefs defense at this point to not have some of these coverage busts against more talented team. Uh, I don't really think that Jacksonville had the juice to to expose them fully, but. You can't say that about the Bengals. They have maybe the best offensive core uh, in football, at least when it comes to quarterback and wide receiver talent. And for some some reason, the offensive line has gotten a whole lot better uh, than it did last year, even though they have three backups playing up front.
0: The other thing is, like, I don't really trust the Chiefs defensively to do the things. I mean, every time with the Bengals, it's like, can you do the Ravens stuff, right? You know, and um, can you create some uncertainty for Joe Burrow uh, with – Especially with simulated pressures up front, like the I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this actually. So coming off that Ravens game, we were all like, "Wow, Mike McDonald really knows how to play the Bengals, right?" Like they're the way they um, disguise coverage and then you know use those they uh, simulated pressures to confuse them a little bit, or just get him to hold on the ball a little bit longer. So the Bills tried, but their version of disguise is basically just spinning their safeties to me, which I don't think is. It's not the same thing, and it's it's from too much depth really to make a difference. Does does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, no, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, and I think the interesting thing about this Bengals offense is, is, they haven't really been a unit that's like flinging the ball down the field a yeah. whole bunch. So I, I I think just like when you think about it in terms of, uh, from a from a subject of space, right? If you are going to, like, drop a safety and he's gonna rush it from depth, well. I can just throw the ball quick to Jamar Chase or something and bank on my playmaker making something happen in open space. But, you know, I, I think when you look at what the Ravens are doing and, and some of their sim pressures, you're not really like blitzing from depth. And, you know, I guess for, for people who don't know, like a simulated pressure, you're still rushing four, but you're you're changing the four. It's not like a standard four that you'll see with, with four defensive linemen coming. So, you know, you can send four coming from different angles, but still have someone replace like where they are supposed to be in a zone. So you can run, you know a cover two, some pressure where maybe you have uh, one of your more athletic defensive ends dropping back into a curl flat and having that curl flat players uh blitz so you still have four players coming but it's a different four mm. you're kind of changing the picture for the offense which is where uh, you know, I, I think that's where Joe Burrow can struggle, and also to the Ravens' credit, <laughs> they have some really, really good players on defense. Yes, uh, you know, Roquan Smith coming coming in in, in in midseason for the trade that they made. They were so good on defense after he well, showed up, made life easier for Patrick Tween, and then uh, Kyle Hamilton. He really came along as the season was going too. Yeah,
0: I think that's what my a big concern I have with this Chiefs defense. Look, first of all, I'll say again, like I do think McDuffie's been really good for them, and having, um. You know, not having Joshua Williams playing outside against the team is going to help a lot defensively. Um, but the Bengals really feasted on throws to the inside of the field in that, like, between the numbers 10 to 20 yards area, it felt like Burrow – well, when the, when the Bengals played – or probably the Chiefs played cover two, he went 7 for 7 uh, against them. And I do feel like that's still going to be an issue – with Kansas City, um, you know their linebackers aren't phenomenal in cover or phenomenals even. They're not good in coverage. Yeah. Um, and to me, like it really is about that pass rush. Uh, what the best, the most, the optimistic case for the Chiefs, I think, is that what we saw last week was more about the the Bills' pass rush and also playing in the snow or whatever, uh, and that the Bengals, you know three starters down offensive line is not good and uh, that they will be able to take advantage of that, particularly up the middle with Chris Jones. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I just think this is, this is one of those games where the, the talent advantage in, in favor of Chris Jones is so extreme that I just have to, I have to believe that even though the Bengals offensive line has played better, there's just, I, I don't really know how there's, there's a way that they can just totally keep them out of the game. Um, and he's one of those guys that like they they used to play him out of defensive end. Uh, he's he's athletic enough yes. he to do that. So to me, Joe Burrow is great at all right. Someone's gotten through the pocket. I can kind of make I can escape and make something happen. But I think that that changes a little bit uh, when the guy chasing you was Chris Jones, and and he's really one of these guys that's really athletic in space. So you know, if, if they can keep Chris Jones at bay. I would expect them to score a whole lot of points, just because I, I think that they're they're not not only like you know schematic things that the Chiefs like it, it, in terms of like a coverage bus, but just in terms of just player to player talent. Um, it it, I, it it's there aren't many quarterback units that can match up straight up with what. The Bengals have to offer, and I don't think there's any shame in that, but I don't think the Chiefs are one of them uh, at all. no. And they have some guys that are are promising for the future and some guys that have played well in recent see, uh, in the in the recent past. but, you know, you got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Burrow playing as well. He's been playing recently. Mm. that's really just a tall task.
0: You could tell that they were very worried about being beat on the outside, except for when Steve Spagnolo Blitzed and played cover one, which I was literally screaming rewatching. Yeah. And then there was that one snap where he played like an, it was like an inverted cover two. Uh, I was like, Good I luck. Think it, yeah, I mean, I was so angry watching that, but, but aside from that, for the most part, you could tell they were getting afraid of getting beat outside and they were playing from like a fair amount of depth and the Bengals were like, all right, we will check it down and Samaji P. Ryan will run and Joe Burrow will scramble. And and that was a big factor at the last time too, um, which is of course one of his great strengths as a quarterback, right? Is um, he he's very good and smart about when he scrambles and I, you know, punish the Chiefs for it. And frankly, I could see that happening again. So I, I, I think we'll see what the Bengals offensive line looks like uh, in this one and whether or not last week was, you know, sort of, um, school's gold but i to me like the the bet the chief's best chance is making this a high scoring game and whether they do that or not well really depends on how comfortable or uncomfortable patrick mahomes is
1: yeah it's it's some old school football boomer crap but i really (laughs) do like when you have an offense that's kind of it struggles maybe with offensive line health, or it becomes a little bit too predicated on wide receiver talent. It does help to have like two running backs in Mixon yes. and Mixon and Perrine who can turn your two yard gains into five and six yard gains, or turn a two yard gain to a four yard gain. You know, maybe, maybe just drag some guys a couple yards. I really think that those, I uh, I don't know, I don't I don't really know if like hidden yards is the right word, but I think those guys can add a lot of value, and just in terms of keeping you keeping you on pace in terms of your down-and-distance down and stuff, which is obviously important when you're, you're playing against, like, the best quarterback ever on the other side.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, I think, like, both of these teams have – are coming off of really good rushing performances. Both rushed, mm. ran the ball pretty well last time they played, and some of it will be, like, willingness on the part of Kansas City. That's always <laughs> – like, like, I feel like this is just every single time in the playoffs in the Andy Reid era, it's will they run the ball – if it's yeah. afforded to them. I mean, uh, the last time they played 14 of uh, Pacheco's, or 11 of his 14 carries were into light boxes. And I think that that same thing is probably gonna happen. So, run the ball. Yeah, run the ball. <laughs> Ugh, boomers. <laughs> I don't have a feel for this game because of the injury, so I'm being a coward and copping out.
1: Um, you want me to pick a winner?
0: I mean, I guess I'm gonna take the Bengals.
1: My, my conscience won't let me do that, so I'm rolling my own. <laughs>
0: Okay, we'll split it. All right, let's come back and talk about uh, the other game where running the ball will definitely be a factor. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience, recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit – it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S A V E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around O.W.
0: Okay. Niners. Eagles. Incredible. I think the Eagles are favored by like two points now or something. It's, it's very close. Both these games Seems are very about close. Fair. Yeah. yeah, which is incredible. Um, so you know, I actually want to start on the, like the, you, we talked about sort of the big, matchup of the Eagles offense versus the Niners defense. But I actually want to start on the other side of the ball because you know, I think a little bit of concern watching Brock Purdy last time, um, play a very, very good Cowboys defense that, um well, I would say like let's do, the things they did, I think, that gave the Niners trouble were they, they played the run very aggressively and for the most part bottled up until drive in like the third or the fourth quarter, but they also managed to do that without sacrificing much in coverage. So my question for you is, do you think that the Eagles can reproduce that?
1: Um, well, yeah. Is it, is it, am I hating if I say, I don't think Brock Purdy is that good?
0: Uh, you, I, it's, <laughs> I think the, the correct response is, does it matter? Um,
1: Right. right, exactly, exactly, yeah. um, and I'm 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 kind of at the point where if I'm if I got Kyle Shanahan versus like any any defensive coordinator, just about except maybe his own, uh, I'm I'm probably gonna take Kyle Shanahan in that regard because mm. you know even even with some of these throws that that Brock Purdy is making more challenging for his receivers, they still have like such good receivers that. Uh, that they can make something happen. Like the Kittle the Kittle catch is just a perfect example of that to me, where Kill's wide open, it's not a great throw, but he still makes an acrobatic catch and next thing you know, like you're 20 yards down the field. And they just have all these guys that can they, they can they can break a game for you. Like if they were on other teams, they would be the number one options. But you got George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Elijah McGuire came in last week and kind of closed the game out for them. Um it's not really just about Brock. It's not really about Brock Purdy almost at all to me. Uh, I, I I think that Kyle Shanahan, ha, in a way, has made this quarterback-proof offense in terms of the 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 skill talent that he has in the way that he's been able to call the plays and get guys open. Uh, he he just kind of seems to have this whole thing figured out to a degree that um, other offensive coordinators don't. And you know you, you go back and you look at the game where. Uh, Brock Purdy threw for, I think it was like 330 yards and three touchdowns in the, the wild card round against Seattle. Uh, there's a lot of throws that I think Brock Purdy would like to have back and yes. that he could have even, uh, you know, made life a little bit easier for for his receivers. And he still went 18 for 30, 330, and three touchdowns. Uh, it, it's it, it's pretty crazy to say, or, or, to, or to me at least, to think about this, this 49ers offense because it, it almost feels like we're watching like a Madden player say, okay, well my stick skills are so good. And I can know how to get people open that I'll invest a little less at the quarterback position. We'll just throw it at you with like superstar X factors and and make your life hell that way. (laughs) Um, I, I, I don't really think that I've been going back and forth on this because obviously the Eagles defense has been amazing this year and they kicked the giant's ass just last week. Um, But at the same time, when I'm looking at, at, the matchups here. I, I kind of mm. like the 49ers offense. Against, it's concerning. It's concerning. It's a little concerning, I think. And I, and I, I don't think that any defensive coordinator has like a schematic advantage over Kyle Shanahan.
0: Yeah. It's concerning because Kyle Shanahan is going to attack your linebackers and uh, they're going to have a very creative and uh, the, the run game. They're going to figure out ways to get matchups using not just, you know, they, they have incredibly talented players, but also motion and formations and this is an Eagles team that all season long, the concern has been run defense. And even as they have gotten better, and they have, you know, after bringing in Linval Joseph and Namkin Sue and Jordan Davis is back, and they looked great against the Giants, but the Giants really couldn't run the ball right because the game got out of hand. It's concerning because this run game is a machine. The Eagles, by the way, um, I was DVOA. So Football Outsiders, for those who don't know, you can go there and there's a, like you can do DVA. DVOA, pardon me, by type of receiver, which is always really good to... It's really useful for fantasy, guys, FYI. (laughs)
1: Um, Oh, yeah.
0: So this is the one everyone was citing last week when they were like, yo, the Giants cannot defend tight ends. And of course, it goes off. Same with the Vikings. So the Eagles uh, in DVOA are second against number one wide receivers, fourth against number two wide receivers, sixth against tight ends, 24th against running backs. This is not the team. that You don't want to be able to stop running backs catching the football. Um, TJ Edwards has been, like, way better than I thought, frankly. But yeah, I still think, lot. like, you know that the Stephen Ruiz, Kyle Anahan with the Microsoft me- microscope meme trained on a linebacker? Yeah. He is firmly going to have that trained on him. Um, but I do want to throw something else out there. Like, the Cowboys linebackers aren't that good either. Uh, no. I mean, so... To me, like while I am concerned about the matchup, I do think as an Eagles fan, you have to be concerned by the fact that Brock Purdy really struggled under pressure. He went three for 10. When he was driven outside the tackle box, he went one for six. And I think the one was the crazy Kittle pa- pass, if I remember correctly. So like if you can get them into third down, that's where I do favor the Eagles because I do oh, think yeah, that yeah. defensive line can eat.
1: Yeah, and the 49ers are often divine. I, to me, they've outperformed the expectations at least I had set on them because Probably. I was looking at this group before the season and be like, ugh, I don't know, guys. this is Especially
0: the inside, you know?
1: Yeah, especially the interior. But, you know, they, they've outperformed. But I wouldn't say this is like an unbeatable group by any stretch or of the imagination. They might have uh, an unbeatable player in Trent Williams on the left side. But uh, outside of that, you know, if, if – if you're going to tell me that I got Hassan Reddick against Mike McGlinchey, I kind of like my chances out there uh, on the edge. We're having guys like Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis just be able to get a push on the inside. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of there's a, there's a real shot that if they can if they can kind of get their crap together on first and second down, um, and, and I, not to say that they they've been bad on first and second down, but you know that's I think that's how you're going to have to beat this this 49ers team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can keep them in, in third and six plus, and, and make Brock, pa- Brock Purdy has become a drop back passer. Then, then you're you're looking at a much better situation for the Eagles because, um, you know, last week at the game when they got up to a certain point where they could just kind of pin their ears back and, and mm. rush, it was horrifying the things that they were doing to the Giants offensive of line. Uh, Hassan Reddick. Look like Prime Von Miller out there, dude. He is on
0: a heater. A let's heater, talk heater. about it. Yeah, okay. The,
1: the, the Cardinals tried to make this guy an off ball linebacker, that's unbelievable to me. Like, looking at how good he's been in Carolina and Philadelphia, yeah. you guys said, Oh, let's make him Fred Warner. What you, what you, what's going on in Arizona? Unreal, unreal. Uh, yeah.
0: And they're so good, they're so, they have so many players too, right? Like, I think it's like, okay, well, if you give attention, special attention to Reddick, the Eagles all across the defensive line have depth and talent and can get after it. Hargrave, so disruptive so this good, year. Yeah. So it's a real problem and I think um yeah, it really is for the Eagles. Just like just get to third down. Yeah. Just get to third down.
1: They have, yeah, they have they just have so many athletes at the front. Um like at, at at all of their defensive line positions. They're going from inside of Jordan Davis to outside at Son and everybody in between. Like it, it, it it's it's really hard when 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 you get into a situation where you just know that basically all four guys that are rushing are far better athletes than the guys that are gonna be out there in space. Uh blocking and Trump Williams has has his opportunities, but man, I, I really do think there's a lot of a lot of room for the Eagles to come and come in and, and attack especially the right side of that offensive line where, you know, maybe you can force Brock Brock Purdy to get flush outside the pocket. And and he's been kind of erratic when he has to run. And sometimes he runs when he doesn't need to. So uh, I I think that that actually is a a point that the Eagles can win. If you can get them in like third and five plus, third and six plus, uh, and and really pin your ears back and get after Purdy.
0: So the Eagles defense um, is – so Jonathan Gannon, it's it's sort of Fangio-esque, right? They play with a lot of light boxes. It's primarily zone behind it, but they do mix it up sometimes. Um again, like the Giants game really. I mean, they did play more man-on early downs, but in the first half, but it didn't really count. Do you think that there are tendencies that they should change against given how good this Niners run game is or do you think they should kind of dance with the one that brought them?
1: Mm. That's tough because it's tough. my my inclination would be to probably like run a little bit more zone and force Brock Purdy to make some tight window throws if you can because what I think I think what what you don't want to get into is all right we're gonna we're gonna play some man blitzes and, and sell out against the run and next thing we know we have we haven't we haven't counted the right way and we've got you know T.J. Edwards running across the field with Debo Samuel on a crosser or something like that because that that th- those are the dangers that that. Kyle Shanahan can kind of kind of get you yeah. into where you know it, it feels like things are going okay, and next thing you know, your your worst coverage players butt naked on their their best wide receivers. So I, w- I would be kind of inclined to play some zone and see if you can cut off some of these crossers and force force Brock Purdy to really make a throw. Because um, because like I said before, when you go back and look at this 49ers offense, they just have athletes at all their skill positions, yeah, uh, fullback included. So um, I'm not sure that I would want to get into a game where you know, I'm putting a whole lot of pressure on my linebackers to make plays and coverage because they're going to have their handful. You know, defending the run, anyways. It's just kind of a, a tough situation to me um, for the Eagles in terms of like how you approach this. Because if you if you can figure out a way to get past, especially in the run game, if you can figure out a way to get past their defensive line. Um, it's not like they have the talent advantage in terms of linebackers versus no. uh, fullback or, or running back in this game because the 49ers, they have two starting caliber running backs in their backfield, and, and obviously, you know, Chris McCaffrey's one of the best in the game, and Elijah, Elijah McGuire, he he would be a bell cow back for most teams. Uh, it, 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 it's like that, that specific little game, if you can figure out how to get to the second level, I think that they can actually have a lot of success running against the Eagles because that's kind of what the formula has been uh, for running against the Eagles this season. If you can just avoid <laughs> avoid all the landmines wearing 90s <laughs> on the interior, <laughs> then you can get to the second level. You can break yeah. off some big runs. That, that's kind of going to have to be uh, where the Eagles are going to need to protect themselves, I think, in the middle of the field versus the run and the pass.
0: Yeah, I fully agree. One thing to monitor is, so C.J. Garner-Johnson is back. He's playing the nickel. Avante Maddox, who was originally the nickel and C.J. was playing the slot, is questionable. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, although, um, read Blankenship. Yeah, he made a couple plays in the Giants yeah. game. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a
1: different beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: you'd rather have Maddox back in the living. Okay, uh, so the, the grand finale is the other side of the football. And Charles, I was like pulling numbers on this, and there are some pretty useful splits that we can talk about. But especially in the passing game, um, uh, I, well, I'll just start with the really obvious one. The Niners, you guys probably know this if you consume football contact, incredible in every area except for defending deep passes, but especially outside the numbers. 15-yard plus passes, they rank 28th in EPA play, play, 29th in yards per play, 27 QBR. The Eagles offense in that same area of the field, first in EPA per, EPA per play, first in yards per play, second in QBR. This has been the like... Mm, Infinity stone, I guess, that Jalen Hurts added to his glove this season is the beautiful go balls down the sidelines. So that's going to be a problem. However, just throwing that out there, all the other stuff, like just thinking about how these teams, how the Niners defend the run and then mobile quarterbacks and the Eagles and how they, you know, uh, what they can do with the option and RPOs, it almost like doesn't apply because both of these teams are so good that it's like, okay yeah, the Niners have been able to do this, but it, everything's so different facing the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I almost I wonder if if both of these units are so good that it's, like, just going to cancel out and the, <laughs> the game will be decided on with the, what we just talked about. Yeah, like uh, a Brock Purdy throw over the middle of the yeah, field Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I just, I can't, I can't. I can't live in that world where Brock Purdy is, like, winning a Super Offensive Bowl. rookie of the year
0: nominee, Brock Purdy.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. Six games, wow. Um... But it's... He's playing a, well. I, I know he is. I don't want to I sound know. like haters. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sounding like a hater. Uh, uh, but... I
0: love <laughs> it when he spins around and stuff. It's so funny to me. Oh, God. It cracks
1: me up. It does crack me up, but, you know, I think we... We're not ready to handle the discourse of a Brock Purdy Super Bowl, so it, it's not really has anything to do with Brock Purdy. It's more to do with us and, and how we look at the game and how we talk about the game. But I digress. <laughs> uh, Jalen Hurts can really throw a, a go ball. Uh, yes. And I think that that kind of matters in this this situation because if I'm going to if I'm going to line these teams up, right? The the Eagles offense versus the the uh the 49ers defense. The one area where I would feel like all right, we can take some chances here is like throwing a go ball to AJ Brown against um a cornerback that you know, they're 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 good in the group, but I think when you look at just the 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 talent and the kind of star power uh, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, like they should have their opportunities just based on the merits mm. of their own talent. Uh, and if you're going to tell me that, hey, I can get A.J. Brown deep, and if we can hold up just long enough against uh, the 49ers defensive line, I might get A.J. Brown one-on-one with a cornerback that's not as good as him and Jalen Hurts, who's 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 been pretty good at throwing the deep ball. I think you got to take those chances. And I, I think like what's kind of cool about this Eagles offense in a way is they're not really doing anything all that complicated, um, but they just have some really good players that can do so everything. Talented. Yeah, they're they're so talented. I mean, you look at the offensive line, tight end, wide receiver, quarterback, running back. You know, I, I it's funny because I, I talked to Jason Kelsey after the game about what it's been like. You know, kind of living through this mini rebuild that they have and getting back to being uh, Super Bowl champions, and he put put it pretty bluntly it was like when you got good players and good coaches it's pretty easy (laughs) it's pretty easy uh and i obviously like not every team has has been able to to get that but the eagles have it and i think when when you look at their offense they're not trying to make things too difficult they're just trying to get guys in position to make plays and uh they've done a really good job of that this year but you know I, i think that that deep area of the field has to be something that they try to exploit just based on the talent matchup that they that they have out there
0: they're, they're going to, I mean, we know what they're going to do. They're going to hunt Lenoir. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's like very clear. Now, uh, Diamador L- Lenoir was good against Seattle. Uh, but obviously, this, this is a pretty obvious strategy. And the Eagles, not only do they have extremely good uh, one-two punch at wide receiver, they move them around. They'll put A.J. Brown in the slot. They'll... um they'll find ways to get mismatches down the field. They will also, I think, find ways to take advantage of the Niners' safeties, aggression, Hufanga, you know, I mean, he's an incredible player, mm-hmm. but you, you you can go after his eyes a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think that's really like, if for the Eagles defense, it comes down to whether you can get into third down, I think with the Eagles offense, like a lot of it is just like, can you buy time, like you said, for Jalen Hurts to throw the ball downfield? And um I mean, this offensive line against this defensive line—it's, you know, like those um, scenes in like historic, like movies, like Three Hundred, where like two armies, like just you see them starting to go at each other, and like they mm-hmm. kind of meet, and it's just like dust everywhere. That's—I I don't really know who's has the advantage <laughs> there. It's yeah, it's crazy. It,
1: it, I I kind of keep looking at this and, and going, okay, we know the 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 Eagles' offense. Especially against teams that, like last week, who don't have the linebacker talent, they will just widen the field and horizontally, like, paper cut you to death if if, if they can. And then sometimes, you know, they'll hit you with a uh, you know, play action shot over the top or a go ball. But a lot of what they do is kind of in 10 yards or less from the line of scrimmage, I think. And uh, just when you look at the screens that they were especially trying to do last week. I, I don't really know how I feel about that plan against Fred Warner and and Dre Greenlaw because those those guys are good enough and and, and fast enough certainly, I uh, to get to the edges of the, of the the field and also finish those plays I, uh, which which I think is kind of an important thing when you when you're talking about how to beat this Eagles offense like if you're gonna have to 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 play in space you have to be able to finish those plays which is much easier said than done when you're talking about uh the kind of talent that they have but. The 49ers, they have the talent that, that can kind of cancel some of that out. So, um, I, 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 if I was an Eagles fan, I would be a little worried that maybe we, we get a little bit too reliant on Jalen Hurts being able to fling the ball downfield if we get stuffed and stuck on first and second down, but, um, they have talent advantages in, in their own right. It's not like they're going to be able to just slowly or, you know, completely stop and slow down Miles Sanders and Jordan Malata and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Isaac Suamalu, who's turned into a, a pretty solid offensive guard too. I mean, um, you're really looking like a big on big, uh, a, a heavyweight bout, and, and that's what makes it so fun. But uh, I would just be a little concerned about the 49ers linebacker play and how well they tackle the space in, in terms of, you know, just keeping some of the pressure off of Jalen Hurts because I'm not even sure how how healthy he is uh, coming into this game because last week yeah. he said he, he felt he said he felt good enough to play and obviously that was good enough to beat the Giants but if he's in the same same realm where they're trying to run a bunch of short passes I think it might be a long day for their offense.
0: I think that's going to be a really determining factor in this game. Is okay like what does Jalen Hurts actually look like running the football, right? Because, yeah, it, it didn't really matter against New York. I thought, I mean, it was important that he came out, and I think, like, on their first drive, he ran his own, he kept it on his own read, and it was not, it didn't go anywhere. But it's like, well, now the Giants know he's going to do that. And that's, you know, so important. It's it's, it's his ability as a runner is as much about affecting the front seven as it is about what he actually produces, but I actually think in this game, he has to produce as a runner, too. Oh, yeah and, yeah, and this is, again, where, like, you go back and you look at the Niners and, like, you know, they played the Bears, but Justin Fields wasn't really running. But but just nobody compares to Hurts when he's actually running the way he's capable of. So it's not like I can't – I couldn't point to a game and say, oh, the Niners played a dual-threat quarterback really great here or got beat. Here. It just doesn't – it just doesn't really apply. <laughs> it's so different. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, this is – That's the number one thing that they can do to, you know, um, slow down that four-man rush is Jalen Hurts threatening as a runner. So I think we're going to, like, get a feel for that pretty early on.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they they attack. Um, Because a lot of, of, I think, what they were doing, and maybe this is to protect Hurts for last week at least, I feel like he was running outside the box a lot, even on... Uh, yeah. some of the design stuff I mean, maybe that's just to keep him away from the teeth of the defense as he recovers from the shoulder injury which uh, would be perfectly logical but at the same time I, 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 I'm not sure he's like he has a level of speed to just run away from the Niners defense in the way that uh, he was running away from the Giants defense and that's no slight on Hurts to me it's more just like this 49ers defense is they're so good they're so good and they're fast and they hit hard and it, it's just fun um it's a lot of fun to watch so I I, I I'm having trouble like deciding who I think has the upper hand here I I kind of lean 49ers defense because if you're going to tell me that if you're going to tell me going in the plan is to make Jalen Hirsch just throw goal balls and I know that that is I know that he's been good at that but on the, the grand scheme of things, that's still like a low percentage play. I think I'll, I'll I'll take my chances there.
0: I do think that there will be opportunities underneath for the Eagles. I'm thinking like the slant off of an RPO. Um, you know, a- A.J. Brown on some in breakers like over like the deep middle of the field behind the linebackers. Like I, I see a path for them to move the ball through the air outside of just the goat balls. Um and I also think the Eagles offensive line is so good, good. Yeah. that it's oh, it's tricky, man. It's tricky. I, I I I am finding myself leaning Eagles a little bit just because of how many answers they have on mm-hmm. offense. Uh, but I but I guess to that end, I do think like both offenses have answers against both
1: of these defenses. Yeah, this is what the title game should be, you know? Yes. A whole bunch of good players, a whole bunch of good coaches. Tremendous. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just really excited to see, like, all, already what the, like, the all-22 looks like of Eagles, <laughs> Eagles offense. Oh, my God. When,
0: wh- Ooh, when that end zone view hits. <laughs> <laughs> War. Whew. All right, sicko stuff. Uh, let's take a quick break, come back, and uh, do a few more questions for Charles.
1: And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right?
0: Okay, as always, five questions, four from me, one from Lenny. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, question number one. The Bills. Season comes to an end. Um, I I feel like this is something I've been kind of following, like the kind of the level of panic about the Bills. Um, I guess I wanted to get your sense of like, do, are you more on the side of like they had so many injuries and you know they got to f- figure out something with Josh Allen but like they'll be fine or are you on in the side of like i'm actually concerned about the direction of this team
1: i'm not concerned about the direction i think they'll yeah. be fine i think that uh, i i i think in, in a way they've kind of hit a wall um and i i i i would also say that the wall that they're at is still good enough to win a super bowl but i they 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 just need to tweak things a little bit. Maybe whether it's taking um, some pressure off Josh Allen, whether that is developing more of a running game or finding like a more stable number two situ- wide receiver situation. Uh, maybe beefing up the offensive line. You could have some room to beef up the defensive line too. You know, I I, I think the good thing about the Bills is a lot of stuff. I know I know it's a lot of stuff, but you have Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, and to me, one of the best defensive coaches in the league so you know you you could be you could be a lot farther away I and mean, I, I think just like having josh allen is also always going to make you a super bowl contender but uh it, it's not like you have to make these these grand swings to try to get back into the game um uh and make like a a a, a blockbuster trade or something like that i think they just kind of need to figure out and and add some depth at some spots and they'll be right back at it but i i, I don't think it's time to like fire people or blow things up they they've just kind of hit a wall with how their roster is currently constructed
0: i agree all right question number two patriots hired bill o'brien as the offensive coordinator uh what's your level of enthusiasm for this hire um
1: like a six it's fine it's better than what you had for sure i I, the the bar is hell yeah the bar is hell there Uh, (laughs) and i think even the devil might say wow really you' putting that on me all right all right i i look bill o'brien is he's a quality offensive play caller he's not the best he's not the worst but you will start looking like an nfl offense again and there will definitely be some parts that make you want to pull your hair out too
0: okay i saw a report this is question three uh i forgot i think it was mike garofalo reported this that the ravens were interviewing or interested in Justin Outen, Outen, who called plays for the Denver Broncos, quote because John Harbaugh, you know, wants someone who's good at calling a run game. On a scale of one through, I'm gonna take this computer, smash it on the floor, and light it on fire. How do you think Ravens fans should feel about that? That sentiment. I I
1: I I don't get why you would want to be involved with anyone who was on that, who was a part of is, what yeah. happened there last year. And, and look, we I could, could be totally wrong. And, and Otten is, is I guess I meant and, it less
0: about Otten and more about the whole, like, why yeah, would you get whole, rid of Greg Roman? Yeah. To yeah. just get a crappier, like with the run game ideas. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make
1: a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, I, I would try to think a little bit more creative there. And look, they, they, they they did a good job on the defensive coordinator hired thinking outside the box. Yeah. So apply the same logic here, Ravens. You know, I, 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 I don't know how you sell saying, hey, we we got the offensive coordinator from the offense that underachieved the hardest based on everyone's <laughs> expectations last year. Mm-hmm. Aren't you excited? No, don't do that.
0: Horrifying. Okay, question four. One of the biggest stories of the offense season is going to be whether or not and how, I guess, the Giants should pay one daniel dimes um oh boy this is the discourse is gonna be <laughs> insane Awful. uh my question for you is if you were the giants what would you do
1: man i if i was literally just talking about this someone today and i hated my answer because the answer was well you need to kind of explore all your avenues here uh does that involve making a trade for Derek Carr? Does that involve extending Daniel Jones? Does that involve letting him walk and maybe getting aggressive in the draft and trying to trade up for a quarterback? Um, I'm not sure. But what I would do, I think I've kind of settled on this, is if we if we can get Daniel Jones to agree to, like, a two-year deal mm. that, that doesn't handicap us, but maybe he still gets a little bit more money than he was expecting – I don't think that that's the worst place to be uh, because the worst place to be is you just have no one going into the season Right. Uh, and you're kind of starting from scratch. And I, I do think that to a degree, the giants over overachieved this year in terms of what they what they actually like produced on a per play basis and how far they made it throughout the season. Um, uh, it was a good season for them, but I also think that they need to be realistic and how close this roster actually is to being a Super Bowl contender. Because as we found out on Saturday, they're not that close. Uh, they still <laughs> they yeah. have they have they still have a ways to go uh, to get to get to where they want to be. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think you you bring back Daniel Jones on a, a, if you can a, a teamish friendly contract in terms of years. Maybe you give him some more money up front, uh, but you're not locking yourselves into this.
0: I think the number of years is the key here, um, to your point. Because, like, he, I, I've talked about this before, like, Daniel Jones, way better than I thought he would be when he was drafted and clearly improved this season. The But then, the, even the version of him we saw this season is not good enough, right? For a team to be like a contender. So, the question, and this is the great unknown for Giants fans, is if you improve his surroundings and, you know, get better talent at wide receiver, maybe make a couple improvements on the inside of the offensive line. Can he take another step, and that is an unknown. So what you want to do is buy yourself just enough time to see that. And like, yeah, you, let's say you get him on a one, you know, you either franchise him or get him on a two-year deal, and he does take that step. And let's say he goes, he 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 plays like a you know top eight to twelve quarterback. Part of you will be like, damn, we could have locked him down for cheap, but I I still think.
1: At least you it's, still have him.
0: Yeah, you still have him. And even if you have to pay a little more, whatever, at least you know. I think that's the thing. Like, I would rather draw things out, drag things out, and get more knowledge, and then pay a, pay a premium. That's yeah. just generally I feel about that kind of thing.
1: That's how I would feel, too. Because if he ends up, if you, like, let's say we dragged out the next two years, and he ends up developing into the guy that you took, you, you were envisioning when he was picked sixth overall. Then it doesn't really matter if you pay him because, like, if a a, a quarterback that produces, it, it's gonna be worth the money just about every single time. Uh, like, I, I, if he really provides a value that that you know the contract would demand, mm-hmm. then you don't really care about that money that you're spending. But he's, <laughs> he's not there yet, so you kind of need to play a little slow.
0: All right, last question as always comes from Lenny. Are you oh, ready? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lenny wants to know if you agree with his mom Mina's very original and singular take that Patrick Mahomes is underrated.
1: Yeah, he's the most underrated player in football, and oh, I'm so glad you saw- agree with
0: my take.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, your take, your take, not, <laughs> not my take, your take. Uh, you know, but but look, I, I get to keep running with this uh, as long as I possibly can. It's like the easiest take that I can possibly have, and and it's either going to draw applause and jokes or people get really angry with me on Twitter and I'm fine with either one of those.